In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in May of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. Hello, Mickey Weems. Aloha. How are you? Where are you emotionally right now? Um, mid story. I know we have we we need to come back to our story about um, the lead in for this was whacking, jacking, shenanigans, and voguing. And I just want to say for people who are listening that Mickey has a long academic career in uh, study of um, philosophy and human nature and um, uh, several religions that uh, uh, you've studied in depth. Uh, And we're going through some topics that Mickey suggested uh, would be good topics for us to discuss here. And I mean, within the, this show is built around the context of your ultimate demise but the fact is that you are here with us now and you're not thinking about your ultimate demise you're thinking about whacking jacking shenanigans and voguing and that's exactly where we should be right now but we did for just a moment in the last episode talk about how some people some people die suddenly and you never have an opportunity to have conversations and and some people um my dad was in a car accident and had a great deal of brain damage from that. So he lived for another 14 years, but we never had an opportunity to just relax into a conversation like this and, and um, to gain that different perspective. So I, I appreciate talking about anything with you, the understanding that not only do you come to a lot of this with a great education and mind for academia, um, but a very unique perspective uh, of the world and life right now. So now we, the cliffhanger was <laughs> uh, vis-a-vis Soul Train and dancing that uh, emerged um, that Don Cornelius brought to not only um, uh, Black people and queer people all over the place, but also homogenized girls from Northwest Indiana, like me, got a, a taste of an, uh, just a little taste of another world. So take it away with whacking. <laughs> Mickey, did I give you good enough? Yes, yes I did. Um, <laughs> now whacking is of course slang. Whacking means to masturbate. That's no accident that is called whacking. And I will prove this by showing the dance, the names of the dances that come on after. But because it's so general, nobody really accused of of being like needing censorship because there's a bunch of soul trained dancers that call themselves the whack dancers. They toured the U.S. Um, So whacking would be, so far as I can tell, the very first recorded queer dance. And what I mean by queer dance is a dance that comes out of the queer community that might not have been started by queer people, might have been started by straight people. But the, but the community that embraced it was queer. And the, the community from which it spread was the queer community. And that was from the queer community that was dancing for Don Cornelius. That's the good thing about me having context with Eric Red, who was a, a, a solitary dancer, 
and with um and with um um the other author of that of whacking jacking and yeah shenanigans and voguing exactly um having these two african-american gentlemen basically inform me and help me chart out how this happened was absolutely wonderful but there was one other early attempt at what you could call queer dances when isabel is isadora duncan Mm, the modern dancer yes when she was in france she would have these salons for women and do basically queer dances for women because there, there, there were dances for women of women and erotically inclined towards women so if you really that that is the earliest but that wasn't really necessarily a trend i'm not sure if those dance styles that she started ever became a thing while whacking did become a thing what did it look like whacking yeah lots of long arm movements um it was influenced by by of, of course it was influenced by the movies uh, influenced by broadway productions that you see like singing in the rain uh oklahoma those movements would get incorporated into in, into whacking uh, so there's there's this really nice interplay initially when i wrote about a queer dance i said that it was in, it was it was in contradistinction to classical or trained dance and i realized no it was not because don cornelius would pay somebody to teach the dancers the the soul trained dancers to dance in the classical fashion so Mm. all these things were mixing you get you get the beautiful discipline that comes when you learn modern or what are the other forms of dance that um that we have classical ballet jazz contemporary yeah all of those that 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 the that these kids would get free training in those dances in in those dance forms by you know experts this was in la so it was it was a hot spot where you could find really good trainers um so that that that's why it was so phenomenal you're getting african-american influence and for the first time you're openly getting queers that are making their mark although they couldn't say it out loud later on it was revealed and so that's 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 what this paper talks about when disco came about that really whacking was worked very very well with disco when disco started fading it shifted and and made itself into something new that was called house music house music is well let's see what does um frankie knuckles the the, one of the greatest of house music innovators one of the original original gangsters of house music frankie knuckles from chicago originally from new york but from chicago said that house music was disco's revenge. That disco never really went away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, now, I remember disco hitting the scene and the, the moves were a, com- a combination of what you would see on American Bandstand and Soul Train. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it felt like. And then there was Donna Summers uh, yeah. pulling, you, pulling you through all of it. So... And Donna doing long, very uh, formal dancing moves, right? Because that was her thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and everyone decked out. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Jody Watley? Oh, it sounds really I'm familiar. I'm looking for a new love, baby. Oh. A new <laughs> love, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jody Watley was a whack dancer. Oh. So if you watch her videos, you'll see whack dancing. Um, when 
house music is called house because when Frankie Knuckles moved from New York City, New York City had two main clubs that were that in which dance was really, really hot and really developing itself. One was called the Saint. And that was the whiter, richer one. The other one was, and the one more, more for just, you just went to go hook up because they had a balcony where you could have sex. Um, the other one was called Paradise Garage. Now that was for the serious dancers. Those people that were ready to throw down. Um, and that's when you see all these other styles start coming forth. The DJ's there, his name was, uh, the main DJ there, his name was Larry LeVan. And he was a genius. He and Frankie Knuckles were best friends. Um, Frankie Knuckles realized there was only room for one queen in manhattan and that was larry so he bailed and went to chicago and he opened up a a a moving venue that eventually settled down that was called the the warehouse okay so if you ever heard of warehouse parties back in the day that's what they were yeah okay i didn't know that i thought it was a a a theme of a party not a place it could be you know because the worst pretty big but in this case, the warehouse was re- representing parties that had a certain kind of a sound that Frankie Knuckles was doing. And it was also the beginning of the drum machine to where you could keep a constant, steady, perfect beat in a song. Um, and he would remix. He would remix the songs to where they would have that perfect you know, precision, precision beat. Donna Summers really, really did that, too, with Giorgio Moroder when they went to Munich. And they took that German, doom, 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 mm-hmm. and just made it just it, it, it was spectacular it changed disco music um so there's lots big german influence in there too and it, and i do believe it was german queer but i can't really 100 say that but um when that happened um a new dance form came out as the music started becoming more and more distinctive a dance form called jacking once again sexual yeah like jacking off uh, jacking was a dance form that relates back, that, that is it's so African because when you jack the music hits you so hard that you go into a trance and your body starts shivering and you just the moves just come from you and you have no control you look as if you are spazzing out that's what jacking is and it became really really popular because it was, it was basically, you just, you just let go and whatever was inside of you is what was manifest. Like I said, it was really, really African. Um, then eventually those moves that came from people going into that trance got standardized. And that became jacking. That was also a queer form. Done in queer space. Done in, done in the warehouse. Mostly by African-American people. Not exclusively, right? I mean, yeah. it could have been the jacking was started by an Asian guy or an Asian girl, but we don't know. What we do know is that the venue that preserved it was African-American queer. So we have a second form then, right, of, of queer dance. The third form developed in circuit parties. What are circuit parties? Circuit parties are these big events where thousands of, of gay male men, typically muscular, go and do drugs and dance all weekend take maybe four hours of, of sleep a night maybe and just dance and dance and dance and dance like in the same club it's not a moving party it's in the oh, same it's a moving club party. oh okay you're, you're, in, you're in the same town hence you're the going circuit. venue to venue yeah okay. 
And they are, if I can speak from experience, they are immense fun. They are ridiculously fun. I, music and dance is so important to you. And I, I want to I learn more about, we've got two more dances on here, but I just, I want to make sure that we have time also to talk about what this is to you. Okay. You know, because I feel like it has shaped you a great deal. And I don't identify with with that. And I'm I'm sure there are a lot of like for me, um singing of vocal vocal music is has definitely shaped my life. But for you, it's movement is so embedded in who you are that you have said on here a couple of times, as long as you can still dance, you want to stick around once you're not able to, that's gonna be a game changer for you. Right. So think about in term when you're talking about these in terms of you personally, like were you at home watching Soul Train like I was? Oh yeah. What and did you think in the, about in, in the privacy of my room in front of a mirror practicing? Uh, what did you think about did you watch American Bandstand also? Yes. That was like Partridge Family. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to um i don't even know what to what to compare that to Pat what did Boone you th- compare to little richard yeah did you enjoy american bandstand i did because they had the latest groups now you could see steely dan on american bandstand you could see just about anybody you could see johnny rotten yeah on american bandstand you could see punk right also johnny american bandstand tried its best to have the latest of whatever and they would have people of color, you know, they, they would have like, you know, Tavares, they would have um, Latin groups, they would have African-American groups on there. So they just, they, um, uh, let's see, what was his name? Um, it was also DC, Dick Clark mm-hmm. was very innovative and very progressive in his own way. Yeah, because my parents thought that was a little too close to the edge American bandstand. Remember Dick Clark just did not age, just would not age. Mm-hmm. And then one day he just like disintegrated. <laughs> he uh, seemed to live, live life. Right. But I digress. So you're watching is that because all of this inspired the paper that you eventually wrote, you're watching this and then you're actually going out to clubs. Were you actually in clubs with, Frankie Knuckles or Larry Levin? Larry Levin? I never saw Larry Levin. He had a heart issue and he didn't live too long after the Paradise Garage closed. And the Paradise Garage closed with the onslaught of AIDS. Oh. As did the Saint. In the early fact, Matter of fact, it was so bad that so many people from the Saint died that they called it the Saint disease. Mm. That's the place where you could have sex upstairs. Yep. Yep. Just like Studio 54. Yep. And then Frankie Knuckles was in Frankie Chicago. Survived. You did yep. go to some Chicago. of those. Yeah. And you you were in his presence. Been in his presence a couple of times. Chicago became the hot spot because it was Frankie Knuckles. It was uh, what they call the Hot Mix 5, which included Ralphie Rosario, a uh, 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 queer Latin uh, DJ, and some other people that were just phenomenal. If you ask who started house music, you can get yourself into a serious fight in Chicago <laughs> because um, there are people that, that, you know, favor one person over another. That's why Frankie Knuckles is not called the father of house music. He's called the godfather of house music to try to make it so. No, he's not the only one. Gotcha. 
And then what about, uh, what's your relationship to shenanigans and voguing? That's what we're going to go to next. Yeah. Are we ready in this chapter or are we going to go do for another one? Uh, We've got 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Shenanigans. In circuit parties, there was a form of dance, and I'm not sure when it started, that starts when you meet another guy and you start dancing, you dance in front of each other, you put your arms around each other's shoulders, then eventually you move in. And as you move in and start dancing very, very close to each other where you couldn't slide a blade between you, between the two of you, one of you would reach in to the other guy's pants. Then you would do the same, you know, hey, you know, return the favor. So while you're dancing, you are playing. Mm. Playing with your, you're, you're playing, you're playing with the toys um, right there on the dance floor. Now, this is done discreetly now. It's not like you bust them out so everybody can see because you're facing each other. But yeah, hands down the pants. I thought about that and I thought that is a distinctive dance move. Because you're doing it to a rhythm. Yeah. There's a definite way of doing it. There's definitely, because when you're moving with somebody, you're moving in sync. A simple, you know, one, two, a simple two-step. One step, one way, and back, back again, right? Um, so that's shenanigans. And then you can turn around and you can be face, uh, you can turn your back to the guy and he will still reach in and you can still reach back. So shenanigans are shenanigans are shenanigans. I had no idea. I'm 57 years old. <laughs> I had no idea that that happened on dance floors it, uh, as so much that there were names for them. <laughs> well, I made up the name because there wasn't a name for them. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, you um, get credit for it. Though. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> you, you. You'll see the Scarlet. This particular, this particular, um, what do you call it? Uh, um, ancient tradition is continuing. The Scarlet. Mm-hmm. And I know for sure that it goes back into the 80s at the earliest. It probably goes back before that. So it's been around for a while. Okay. The Scarlet. The Scarlet Nightclub. Oh, the Scarlet uh, Nightclub. Oh, okay. There's a gay club here uh, in Honolulu. Uh, oh, Scarlet. Uh, yeah, I know where Scarlet is. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I've not. Well, it's just uh, discreet, right? You, you don't want yeah. anybody to see you flopping out your genitalia, right? So you don't. You, you, everything is still where it should be. It's just somebody's hands down there with it. Um, I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen it. Okay. And truth be told, done it at the after hours. Well, gay men are like no other. I got to tell you, you guys. We are, we're, we're shameless. We have. We are shameless. We, we, have, we do have boundaries, but they're not where people would normally expect. Yeah. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with that assessment. And, but there, there is a protocol. There, mm-hmm. uh, there is a, a system. Okay. Voguing, I think, most of us are familiar with that because of Madonna and then the, what's the series? Um, Pose. Pose. Yeah. Yeah. So it began supposedly in the 18th, in the 1970s and it traces itself back to drag balls. Drag balls have been another source for queer dancing. Cause strictly speaking, a drag ball was a queer venue and the dancing in it was done by queers. 
but was that dancing distinct? The question is, we, I don't know how to answer that because I can't find any sign that it was. It could have just been they did the dances that everybody else did. Mm. Probably better. But um, since, since, I, since I can't say what they are and can't show that something started there, I'm, I, I'm just to say that these, this was a precursor. And from the, from the Vogue balls came the drag balls that we know. The ballroom, excuse me, the, the ballroom scene. Yeah. That, that we was learned about the 1970s. And eventually became big in the 80s. Madonna saw what was happening. Madonna and, oh, what is his name? The trend said uh, Malcolm McLaren, who was constantly on the, as a British guy, British musician, constantly on the outlook for what was new. He picked up on it and he did a song called Deep in Vogue, which is still good. It's a very, very good voguing song. Um, so classic classic music of the genre developed about that time when Madonna did her thing and Malcolm McLaren did it earlier. Um, very, 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 very queer um, and unabashedly so. Yeah. And the moves that these, that these children were, were putting forth, you have, you have what they call ballroom children. The ballroom children would come and they would show out. They would make people gag. And gag means that the people would be amazed. A gog. Yep. And <laughs> get tens across the board and what that means is that the, these uh, uh uh ballroom th- these ballroom events were contests so you'd have people compete and compete against each other and have battles and then you'd have a, pa- a group of panelists with cards and they'd hold up like one two three four five six seven eight nine or ten depending upon how well the person did if you got a 10 that's the best so if you got tens across the board that means everybody loved you. You win. I love it that we're having this conversation before you're getting ready to take your disco nap so you can mm-hmm. dance the night away. I, I, I love how you have identified something that is so important for you and is clearly good for you, body, mind, and spirit. I, 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 I know I've said this before. We should all be living as well as Mickey is dying. Uh, uh, what I am taking from this conversation is I want to make sure that I find that joy and dive into it as deeply as I can. We've got to wrap up. Anything you want to leave us with? Um, watch Pose. <laughs> Pose yeah. is a, co- a corny show. Sometimes the acting isn't the best in the world, but it's good. It's got heart. Everybody watch Pose. I love very much. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody watch Pose. Especially, what's his name? Billy. Oh, he's going to be a keynote speaker at a theater conference I'm attending in a little while. Billy Porter. Billy Porter. He's (laughs) phenomenal. Um, We got to go. We got to go, Mickey. We'll talk with you again. Aloha. I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying.